Thank you for listening to this message from Capital Worship Center. Hello, everyone. It's great to be with you. Thank you so much for joining us today on our Cyber Wednesday. I'm excited, always honored to be able to share with you uh, some of the things that the Father has placed on my heart. And today I want to touch on a subject that I've entitled, An Overlooked Aspect of Faith. An Overlooked Aspect of Faith. I want you to take a moment and think about to a time in your life where you have been asked to do something, try something you've never done before. Or maybe it's to, for you to go somewhere you've never been. Now, once you have that in your mind, I want you to think back to how did you feel when you were first given that instructional request? I know for me, I thought initially was the excitement that you feel when you get to learn how to ride a bicycle for the first time as a kid. You got your new bicycle and training wheels and step up and you find yourself being able to sit down on that bicycle for the first time, hands on the handlebars, your feet on the pedals. My dad, I know for he had his hand on the steer on the back seat and he helped push me on to get me started and take off. And after much practice and, and continuing to ride a bicycle, comes another step and another stage in the process. And that's, you get to take the training wheels off. And as you take the training wheels off, you get to apply everything that you've learned from the previous time. Now you just have to practice even more so the balance. And you start pedaling and you become more and more confident. And next thing you know, you're gone. And you're riding a bike and you don't think anything about it. In fact, we have an expression here uh, that many of you may have heard. It's something on the lines of, this is easy as riding a bike. But I can tell you the very first time you rode, it wasn't that easy. But you've become comfortable and confident in it. I think of another time in our lives that, for us that a little bit bigger, actually much bigger. It's the time that we were presented our children for the very first time. Now, their deliveries were very different. And that's a story for another day. But the moment that Josiah was placed in our hands and the moment that we got to hold Carly, I would think about it, the love, the joy that just excitement that comes in that moment. But for me, I know, and I'm sure Chastity felt a similar way. There was also these questions that come in. Am I going to be able to handle this? Am I capable? Do I have what it takes? Am I cut out for it? What am I going to do with this little human that I've been given? And now I have the responsibility of raising and seeing them grow teach them about life, presenting them before the Father and watching them live out their journey. For me, that was a bit scary and overwhelming. I tell the kids all the time, and uh, as they were growing up, many of those moments were when I messed up as a dad and had to apologize. But 
Like, you did not come with, like, in a step-by-step -step instruction manual. This is not like putting together a furniture or putting together a toy or something. Thank goodness we have the Bible. We have examples. We have wisdom to help us along that way. His spirit guiding us. But in that moment, initially, it's a bit overwhelming, or it was for me. That also got me to thinking about the times in my life when the Father has given me an instruction. And as instructions often come with the idea that I'm doing to do something I've never done, going to go somewhere I've never been. I remember, in fact, just the other day I was sharing with a friend and we were reminiscing of we both started in the same church and same youth group and he's a few years older than I am and we were talking about our pastor and how he told us on a Sunday after church that we were going to be preaching on Wednesday. I'd never put a message together. had no idea what I was doing. I was 16 years of age. I had just become, I had been a Christian less than six months. And I know that moment of like, wow, what are you going to do? Anxiousness, the anxiety, the fear. And you push through and you find a way. And the Father comes in and he always meets you in the middle of that. But it doesn't negate the fact that when you get the instruction that there is, like when riding a bike or like in the example of being presented with our children, that it can be overwhelming. You get full of questions. You want to give them your yes because every instruction from the Father comes with a requirement of a response on our part. A yes, a no. Our lack of response is a response. I know I've talked to people over the time, over my time in life, and they've like it's almost like the father gives them an instruction, but they want to push it away because if maybe if they ignore it, it'll go away because it's too much, maybe overwhelming. I think we call these the moments stretching our faith. And I played sports, or you know, when you're in school, when you go to PE. Before every basketball practice I ever had, we had to do stretches. When stretching is uncomfortable, it's necessary, though, for growth. All of us, at some point in time in our life, experience what we used to be referred to as growing pains. When your joints were starting to grow and started ache and it was uncomfortable. Stretching demands space in our lives that it requires a spot of discomfort but it's a part of the growth so I'm sure if you think about those times when you've received instruction from the Father and you've got those moments and you've had that stretching of your faith that uh, that comes with all kinds of emotions I know for me one of those emotions that I've experienced is fear and anxiousness or anxiety now, there'll be people that will tell you, I've had them tell me, and they mean well, oh, Richard, don't be afraid. It's okay. God's got it. It's all right. You got it figured out. He'll be there. God will meet you. His presence is with you. They give you all the great things that we want to talk about in church. And Yes, there are some of those things are all very well true, and they mean well. But for me, at times, those land kind of like those moments when, some, when you're upset and somebody tries to tell you to calm down. I don't know about for you, that's never worked for Richard. Don't tell me to calm down when I'm already upset because all that's going to do is make me more upset. 
has the reverse effect. But if you take a moment and you step back when you have those times and your faith is being stretched and you recognize the presence of fear and anxiety, those are actually moments that when you recognize them, that this overlooked aspect of faith becomes critical important. And that is courage. Courage. You see, I've had people tell me that you need faith over fear. You don't need to be afraid. But I've learned to appreciate in life that there is a certain healthy fear that's appropriate because if we didn't have that healthy fear, why would we ever need courage? Why would we ever need to be courageous? Why would we ever need to be brave? Why would we ever need to be strong? So when I got to thinking about this often overlooked aspect of faith and that being courage, I was reminded of the guy in the Old Testament. You're familiar with him, I'm sure. His name's Joshua. Joshua first come on the scene in Exodus chapter 17. And at Exodus 17, Moses gives him and picks him out and tells him to lead a group of an army, a military group, into battle against the king Amalek and the Amalekites. It's the story where Moses goes up on the hill and he has his rod outstretched and as long as his hands were being lifted, he, Joshua would prevail. But when his hands would fall down by his side, the Amalekites would come in and take over. Aaron and Hur comes alongside Moses and holds his hands up and they sit Moses on the rock. And the end of the day, Moses' hands, he's not, even though weary, he's got support. His hands are outstretched and in those moments, Joshua prevails. It's the first moment we get to meet Joshua. And later on in Exodus, we see Joshua in his life where he is, he indicates in scripture that he's the assistant to Moses. He's like a spiritual son to Moses, actually. We know that at one point when Moses goes up to the mountain to visit and meet with God, that Joshua goes up with him. He's there up until a certain point on the mountain and he sits and he waits on Moses for 40 days and 40 nights. And as they come down that mountain, Joshua hears a commotion in the camp where the Israelites were present and had been left while Moses was gone. And it's the story of where they made the golden calf and they rebelled against God and worshiped another God. We find Joshua was also one of the 12 spies and he gets sent out and he's to go into Canaan land and he's to come back and give a, a, a report of what they see. And we know from the story in Numbers, the 13th chapter, that Joshua and Caleb were the two that gave the great report. They gave an honest report. They gave a true report. They're the ones that stood up to the other 10 spies and to the Israelites who refused to go. They were overwhelmed and overcame, over, overcome by their fear. We pick up with Joshua a couple of other places in Scripture. It's interesting that when God tells Moses that, that 
they were going to have to wander for 40 years and that he himself, Moses, would not enter into the promised land. He says Joshua would be the one that leads them. Deuteronomy 1, 38 and 3, 28. Joshua, the son of Nun, who stands before you, he shall go in there. And God says to Moses, encourage him, for he shall cause Israel to inherit it. But command Joshua and encourage him and strengthen him, for she, he shall over before these people, and he shall cause them to inherit the land which you will see. And then we fast forward in Deuteronomy, the 31st chapter, verses 6, 7, 8, verse 23. And then over into Joshua 1, within verses 5 through 9 and verse 18. And these collection of verses from Deuteronomy 31 and Joshua 1. Joshua is told, whether by Moses or by God, to be strong and of good courage. To be strong and of good courage. And do not be afraid. I mentioned that there is a certain level of fear that's a healthy fear because without it, we wouldn't need courage. But it's an interesting thing about courage. Courage, if you take a moment and you look it up, it comes from a Latin root word, which means heart, soul, mind. Think about the source of our courage for a moment. That courage comes from a deep place inside of each of us that says that I'm going to stand firm. I'm going to hold fast. I'm going to declare what I know to be true and that, that my God is for me. He is not against me. That my God is, goes before me and he's with me. My God is the one, like he said in Joshua, that he is going to be the one who gives them the victory. That he will never leave, never forsake. He doesn't want us to be dismayed. That's great. That's exciting news. This is such wonderful promises that we have. And I don't know where you are today, but maybe it's in a moment where you're needing an infusion of confidence and courage. I think of the word encourage. It's the word courage and the prefix in, which means to put courage in. Where do we put that courage into? That courage comes into our heart, comes into our soul, it comes into our mind, it comes into those deep places. You know, you think about it. David had a moment of desperation in his own life where he, we know the Bible tells us, he encouraged himself in the Lord. He put an infusion of courage inside of him to believe, to act, to give it his yes and to go and do. You look at what Joshua was inheriting. He needed courage. Joshua 1 starts off with Moses is dead. Joshua had been charged and given the instruction to do something he had never done. And that was to lead this massive group of people. The book of Numbers tells us that it was over 600,000 men. That doesn't count women and children. Some experts say that it was in excess of a million, two million people that were to cross over and inherit the promised land. Now, I don't know about you, but I've led teams of people in my life and I've been a leader in different varieties within the church, within the marketplace. 
Leadership is not for the faint of heart. But I, I haven't even wrapped my head in the thought about the responsibility of what it might have felt like to lead 200, 2 million people. Over 2 million people. Particularly when he had seen the previous generation of the Israelites be so rebellious. He'd seen them complain. He had seen them. He'd seen them do all of these things. And then he has this responsibility. I'm sure within the instruction, it's probably a good reason why that there are seven occurrences here in these texts that it, God is telling Joshua to be courageous. But along our journey, it's often moments where we can become discouraged. You know, when you think of the word discouraged for a moment, it's the word courage with the prefix dis. It's the absence of courage. You know, as moments when life is tough and hard, where you can feel discouraged, and the voices that will come alongside and whisper in your ear and maybe come up from your heart is, am I seen, am I known? Does Father hear my prayers? Is he, you feel this overwhelming sense of maybe being alone and all becoming a place of desperation and maybe even hopelessness. What do we do when we become discouraged? When we become discouraged, discouragement comes within the heart and the soul and the mind of a person. That's why that word encouragement, encourage. David encouraged himself in the Lord. Moses was told by God to encourage Joshua to give yourself an encouragement, to take on encouragement, to find people in your life to walk with in your journey with Yahweh who will be those people who come alongside and they're, they're infused courage to you. Courage is an overlooked aspect of faith. We don't talk about it a lot. I know when you go to, if you go to Sunday school classes, you've been in church, you probably heard this, or quoted the verses or heard it quoted. Maybe you even had to memorize, be strong and of good courage. That's great. But it, when it's just words on paper, it needs to become alive to us. It needs to be something that doesn't just resonate in here, but it takes this 18-inch journey from head to heart. Science says from the head to the heart is an approximate space inside of our bodies of 18 inches. That 18-inch journey to infuse courage into our lives. You know, uh, think of uh, Abraham. In Romans, the fourth chapter, talks about how his contrary to hope, in hope he believed. Contrary to hope, in hope he believed. I love that verse because in that verse it says, when it says contrary to hope and hope believed, it distinguishes between two types of hope. One hope is a hope that says that it's not possible. It's not worth it. I'm not going to do it. It's not, it's not going to happen. That's a natural hope. 
But there's a other kind of hope, and I love it. It's called, it's like a supernatural hope. Because it's in that hope that says that there is nothing impossible with my God. My God does what he says he's going to do. When his word goes forward, it, it goes out and accomplishes that which he has purposed and desired. It never comes back to him void. And he watches over. I love this. He told Jeremiah one time that I watch over my word to perform it. See, an instruction from Yahweh is his word to you. And he watches over it to perform it. It's never going to return to him void. That which he started, he will finish. He is the author and finisher of our faith. And just like in this moment with uh, Abraham in the fourth chapter, it says that contrary to hope, in hope he believed. He believed in the promise of God was yes and amen for his life. He believed in that promise. It said he did not become weak in his faith. He didn't look at the circumstances of what was naturally around him, which was this that he and Sarah had been trying to have children for years. They're up in age. They had gotten a promise when he was 75. And it wasn't until he was 99 years of age and when he would turn to 100 that they had Isaac. But he did not waver in that promise. He strengthened himself in his faith. Strengthened himself. He gave himself courage. He gave glory. See, the vehicle for giving courage to ourselves often is in the worship and praise. It's the vehicle where we be able to present ourselves and make our and remind ourselves and to also acknowledge the fact that our God is bigger than whatever it is that we're facing. But I love verse 21 of Romans chapter 4. Abraham being fully convinced that God, what God had promised, he was able to perform it. Abraham being fully convinced. When you're fully convinced of something, that means you've wrapped your faith around it. You've wrapped courage around it. Even though you may not see the full manifestation of that promise yet, you haven't seen it. It doesn't mean that his promise doesn't mean that he's not going to be on the other side of your yes. Contrary to that, it means that he will because he goes before you. So today, as I just wanted to come with share these words, I hope they are an encouragement to you. I hope they are a moment to take and breathe in life and to encourage yourself to find courage, to say yes, to find courage, to take the next step in your journey with Father. His instruction requires a response on your part, and I know that can be scary, but be strong and courageous because your God is with you. So today, can I pray for you? I want to pray and bless you today. So Father, I thank you. You are so wonderful and you're so good. Thank you for being the God who was present with us. You are right here in this moment and this time. And I pray for those who will be watching as part of our Cyber Wednesday. I ask God that in this moment that you would encourage them, that they would find courage to believe. They would find courage inside of themselves to take the next step of faith, knowing that you are with them, knowing that you are guiding them, 
knowing them that you lead them along life's journey, that your presence is there, that you are real, that you watch over your word to perform it. You're never going to leave them. You're not going to forsake them. And for that today, God, we give you glory, we give you praise, and we give you honor. We thank you so much for being with us. And we bless your people today in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, it's so great to have been with you today for this Cyber Wednesday. Thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to chatting and talking with you soon. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of our podcast. We hope you found it informative, thought-provoking, and inspiring. Our goal is to create content that helps you grow and succeed in your life. And we're thrilled that you're a part of our community. If you have been impacted by this message today and would like to sow into our ministry, please visit our website by going to www.wearecapital.com.